Hi everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into Grow With Grief, a podcast that aims to make the uncomfortable comfortable and open up the conversations around grief and loss. My name is Katrina, and together we will be hearing different stories from different people, how grief has impacted their life and what they've learned from it. And together we will create a community that normalizes the conversations around grief and loss. Alexandra Miller is a mental health mentor and host of They Never Taught Us This podcast. Ali, in this episode, shed lights on accumulated grief, what it means and how to move forward after experiencing great loss. She is the queen of relatable metaphors and whilst talking about very real topics, she adds a sense of humour that can only be described as infectious. I absolutely loved sharing this conversation with Ali and I can't wait for you all to hear it too. Hello Ali, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me on your beautiful podcast. It is a pleasure. So for me and for anybody listening, would you please be able to just give a brief background into who you are and your story of how you came to be where you are today? Yes. So I am a women's mental health mentor and educator, and that has been recently probably the last two or three years I've been doing that and prior to that I was a primary school teacher and I still am and essentially I love teaching it is the best thing ever I worked with lots of little people and they are great fun but I just started to notice that that there is so much that we're not taught in schools and there's so much you know life skills that aren't talked about that we're not given and then we get thrown into the big wide world and we're expecting to work out what to do and we spend most of our time googling uh what to do and it doesn't always give us the best answers and it just became one of those things that I'd experienced a lot in my life um from the ages of kind of 15 to 25 26 over that kind of 10 11 year period I lost seven people and no one had ever taught me how to grieve no one had ever taught me how to deal with these emotions it was just thrown upon us to deal with it and to just go through the motions and I don't ever remember I was actually talking to my best friend who's the co-host on my podcast with me we were talking about this because we said we don't remember ever being taught about you know grief or how to deal with these emotions because we lost her mum when we were 19 to breast cancer and you know we'd already lost people by that point both of us very sadly but you know it was just never talked about and then I remembered that we'd had one lesson at school and it was a year after my friend had passed away in a car crash at 15 so I was 16 at the time and they essentially played us you know the film Four Weddings and a Funeral yeah with you they they showed us that no yep they showed us clips of that and that was essentially the grief lesson oh <laughs> wow. and I was like this isn't like this isn't a Hugh Grant movie and I think after losing everybody that I had I was going this isn't real life no. this just isn't what happens and it was really bizarre because to, still to this day I'm l- kind of going right no one taught me about the five stages of grief no one taught me about how they're not linear and you can go around in circles and you grieve at different times. No one mentioned the fact that you can grieve for relationships, you know, when you've had breakups, when you, you know, lose a friend and that falls out, you know, no one teaches you about, you know, if you're sexually assaulted and the grief you feel that you've essentially lost yourself, you know, no one teaches you any of this, but I know all about four weddings and a funeral to help me. It just didn't match up. (laughs) 
So essentially that was where this all came from. And then as I started teaching, I realized that the skills aren't given at a young age. So I was doing lots of my kids and we were doing lots of gratitude and mindfulness and emotional intelligence and talking about mental health. And the more chats I had with my friends, the more I realized that everything I was learning at school, all the trauma training that I was having, all the mental health training that I was having, all the well-being training that I was having, really we needed it as adults. We so desperately needed it because we were kind of stumbling our way through life in our heels, trying to work out what's going on. And we hadn't had any of that training and it was slowly coming in and I was doing it with my kids, but I just realized that we needed it for us because we're the ones as adults now, you know, running the businesses, having the children, you know, voting for the politicians. And we still have all these life lessons that we were never taught. So that's essentially how I came to be doing what I'm doing. Wow. I cannot believe they showed you that video. That is, I mean, I mean, some people don't even get anything, but to show you a film, that is crazy. I've definitely never heard that before. Um, and I think, as you say, it is so true. We don't get taught about it until it's almost thrust upon us and they just leave us to find our own way. So I think what you're doing sounds absolutely incredible to be able to teach people and show people and just raise that awareness. I think that's the biggest thing is raise that awareness so that people can at least have a bit of an understanding and expectation. I don't think you're ever going to fully know how to or what it's going to be like, but just a little bit of an awareness can help. So what was your own understanding of grief and loss prior to experiencing it? I, I didn't. I really didn't. I'd, I'd known that, you know, people died. I knew that. And I knew that they went to a better place. My parents had told me that. And, you know, we'd grown up, like I said, my best friend, her mum had, had cancer growing up. So we'd always talked about it and it was a very normal subject for us. And it was a very light subject, but that was kind of it. There wasn't really anything that we talked about the emotions behind it or the process behind it. Um, and you know, it wasn't talked about at school. And then it was that point that I was 15 and my friend actually was my neighbor. So I was actually one of the last people to see him before he got in his car in the morning. And that was it. He just didn't show up to school. And the next thing I know, I've got a teacher telling me that my friend's not here anymore. And we didn't know how to do it you know there was nothing and oh I just think about it now and I just think the amount of pain that we all went through and I wish that we'd had something beforehand and it still isn't really talked about you know as I got older like I said you know no one talks about the different types of grief that you have you know no one says to you hey by the way when you lose a job from the pandemic that's okay to grieve that you know no one's explaining that that's okay to do that and it's a normal process you know no one tells you if you lose a pet or you know that that friendship has fallen apart that's okay to grieve so I really didn't have a lot to go with b before my prior experience it was kind of you know I'm very grateful that my parents are very open about it and we talked about it in that sense but they didn't know about the stages of grief you know they'd managed how they'd managed and they taught us how to do the same and unfortunately because my grief had accumulated and it had been like one grief after the other after the other a bit like shoes in a cupboard um I didn't I didn't deal with them because I was like I don't know what to do with all this so I really had no prior experience and it like you said things get thrust upon you and people go go with it do it 
and you go, I don't know how you, you never taught me. What do I do? And you kind of stumble your way through. And some people do a great job and they have the support and they can kind of manage it. And other people, if something else happens or there's another trauma, you just kind of go, I'm done. I don't actually know what to do. My, my poor body actually can't handle this right now. So I think it's important that regardless of what's happened to you in your life, remember that you and your body have done the best thing you can with all the information you know you couldn't have done any more than you did at that time. And that's incredible. I think that's so important to remember. So yeah, I just think that people do that a lot. They kind of beat themselves up because they're like, I didn't know this, you know, I did this the wrong way. You were doing the best that you could. Grief is such a huge emotion and it is, it's all consuming. It's all consuming and it happens not just when someone dies. I think that's the most important thing that I was trying to teach my kids and I've spoken to other women about that. I mentor grief covers a whole heap of situations, a whole heap of situations. It's not just when someone dies. Mm. Mm, that is so important because there's a lot of people that I've spoken to that until I'd spoken to them didn't actually realize that that was the case and almost felt guilt if they felt they were grieving for someone who was still alive or for an object or for a, for a situation and at the end of the day grief is experiencing a loss it's the end of something and there's no comparison either there's no comparison in grief it is all relative to our own experiences and how we feel. It's so individual. And to show ourselves that self-compassion, so important. I think self-compassion is like the biggest thing when it comes to grief. It really is actually, like you said that, and I agree with you. It's these people that, like you said, they feel this guilt and they're like, I shouldn't feel sad about this. I shouldn't feel bad. It doesn't matter. Like you said, it doesn't matter if it's the object, the person that's still here, like your grief is your own grief and you can't compare it to someone that's just died. Like everybody has their own thing. And I agree. Self-compassion is huge. It's, it's like magic, isn't it really? You know, if you kind of give yourself that big hug and you have that self-compassion, it's much easier to accept what's going on and move through the grief and then also show compassion to others. I, I couldn't agree with more with that one. Huge fan of self-compassion. <laughs> Um, so how did your grief and loss impact your daily life? It's changed over time, to be honest. I've learned to accept the fact that I am always going to be grieving. There are always going to be anniversaries that come up that I really, really miss those people. So soon it'll be 10 years that we lost my best friend's mum. In 2018, it was 10 years since my friend passed away in the car accident. You know, I've kind of learned to accept that I will grieve at different stages. I know when I get married, I'm going to grieve because they're not there. I know that when I have kids, I'm going to grieve because they're not there to see my newborn. I know that this is going to happen. I'm very much kind of see grief as a friend that I bring along for part of the ride. So, you know, if it, you know, I sit in the car, I'm driving my way along life and now and again, grief will pop in and out when and if he needs to. Um, but when I was younger, it can, it just dominated. I actually had no idea how to deal with it. And, I actually think looking back now, I was probably depressed, um, but it just wasn't picked up on a diagnose because, you know, as a teenager, they're like, oh, you're going through GCSEs. Oh, you're going through A-levels. You're so busy. You know, you've got all this going on. And I don't think I realized how much it was dominating me. Like I would use alcohol to escape things when I was in uni, when my other friend passed away, it just became like one thing, like sugar, then turned into alcohol as I got older, then turned into, you know whatever else was next it became kind of a coping mechanism because I didn't want to have to face all this grief that had piled up in you know the cupboard so to speak and it was you know I it just affected me so badly every day was a struggle and it was only 
when, oh gosh, when was it? It was 2018. So it was around about 10 years to my friend passing away and we lost our principal at the school I was teaching at. So it was kind of this awful event of going, okay, now you have to teach the kids how to grieve. You've got to deal with your own. And I literally sat there when they told me and I kind of went, I have lost right now not how many people i lost this with six people at this point and i was going i actually know how to grieve and now i've got to go to these kids and help them grieve and that was the moment that i was like right i've got to sort this out because if i don't know how to do this i can't help them and right now they really need me and you know we got through it together and it was great but that was the moment that it all changed i was like right got to deal with the grief got to sort this out and now like i said it's a really loving feeling and I very much welcome grief in and it comes along with me and then he disappears, but it's definitely a process. Grief is definitely not a linear process. Mm -hmm. Such a big process. I feel you. Um, I love what you say about it being a friend that you invite along for the ride. I think that's a really nice way of putting it. It's those grief waves that I think that's like the official term, the grief waves that come in and out of our life. And it's so true how so you mentioned the fact that you had like cumulative grief so built up build up build up and it was just one experience after the other how did you manage to cope with that I'll be completely honest I didn't I didn't cope with it at all to start with I'll be completely honest I think it's important because I actually had no idea I had accumulated grief that's the actual you know I think they call it like the diagnosed term or whatever because mm. I had no idea it was when my principal died and he died on the Friday. It was my birthday on the Monday. So we had the weekend to kind of scrabble ourselves together. And also it was my kind of assembly. So all the kids were doing this great presentation. It was Miss Miller's birthday and I was falling apart. And I remember kind of having to pull myself together and I had like a middle period off in the school day. And I just went to our like relieving head and I said, I need to speak to someone. I, I said, I just need to speak to someone about this. And essentially I couldn't tell them that I was like, I'm dealing with a lot of grief that I haven't dealt with. And I sat with her and it was the first time that I'd ever heard the term. She was kind of like, oh, you know, Miss Millie, you do have accumulated grief. And I literally just responded like, what do you mean? Like shoes and handbags? What, like too many? And she was like, mm, um, kind of. And she explained it to me that it is when you have like one grief and you don't process it the way that you should to release it before another one happens and because it had happened so frequently for me they had just piled up so I really wasn't coping with the accumulated grief I was managing it to the best I could and essentially I used to tell people it was like the um, toy story soldiers they used to come out the box and they'd be like let's move 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 and every time someone would die my body knew what to do to get me through it doesn't mean that I was healing it doesn't really mean that I was processing but my body was like well, we'll do what we did the first time. And essentially the Toy Story soldiers would come out, they would do their thing. You know, I'd put the brave face on, I'd cope with it. I'd use the same patterns of, you know, sugar, drinking, whatever it was that was the vice at the time. And then we'd get through it and I'd paste the, you know, MAC makeup on and pretend I was okay. And this happened again with, you know, when I came out of my emotionally abusive relationship, I was, I did the same with the grief then. It was the same grief just in a different manner but I didn't know so that had accumulated and with that relationship with the sexual assault came the grief with that of losing myself and all of it had piled up so I really didn't manage it until I then had to show up for the kids and at that point I was like this isn't just about me anymore I can't keep using the Toy Story soldiers because there's not enough of these soldiers for me and these 26 kids 
So I'm very grateful that I did have the kids because they essentially got me to look at the grief and unpack it. And it's taken a good while. It's taken a good while, but I definitely am in a much, much better place with it. And it's something that I can, you know, help women with and, you know, share their stories with. So I'm much, much better at managing it now. Like I said, it's very much a welcome thing in my life now. And grief waves come, or as I like to say, you know, grief comes in the car and, it's a lot nicer. I don't know because the best way I can describe it. Have you seen the cartoon of Mickey Mouse and Kermit the Frog when Jim Henson passed away, the creator of the Muppets? I actually don't think I have. It's a really beautiful um, cartoon. I'll try and send it to you after, but essentially it's a little black and white cartoon. And when Jim Henson, the creator of Muppets died, he was part of the Disney family and the Disney company created a little cartoon of Mickey Mouse sat on a log with Kermit putting his arm around Kermit. And that to me is the most beautiful image of grief because that's essentially what it's like. It's nothing major. It's not this big drama on TV. It's not, you know, how they make it on the movies. It's where you're sat on a log and you feel really down and you just have this this thing near you. And it's not a nasty thing. Grief isn't a bad thing. It's a little Mickey Mouse kind of being, I'm really sorry, we're going to be okay. Grief essentially is telling you that you've had so much love. And that's what I've come to realise now that yes, it was accumulated grief, but I now like to see it as a, a accumulated love. And, you know, for the people that have died, that's how I see it. When it comes to things like the relationship and the sexual assault, that's a very different type of grief. That isn't necessarily love, um, but that grief is more of, I like to see it as growing pains. Mm. So it's still really helpful. It's still really vital, but it's not the love. And that's really important that it's the same feeling that we have as grief, but they're two types of grief, if that makes sense. And I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely, definitely different types. You know, when we were saying that there's no comparison, that's not to say that there's not different types. So I think it's really important that you, you mentioned that. Um, Would you be able to dig a little bit deep into the tools that helped you manage and move through the grief to the point where you're at now? Yep, 100%. So I actually did a lot of um, therapy. I would speak to people. I went to mental health mentors like myself. I went to psychologists. I highly, highly recommend talking about it. That is the best thing you can do is talking about it. That has been the number one game changer for me. The other thing that I found really helpful is if you have got accumulated grief, one person at a time, one event at a time, that's the best thing I can advise is literally baby steps because essentially your body has gone, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to deal with it. And it's about unpacking it. You don't want to come home from holiday and have the suitcase and go, oh my goodness, I've got all this stuff at once. Just do it one piece of clothing at a time, one person at a time. And I found that that worked really well. One of the tools I actually used was I wrote letters to everybody so I wrote letters to my friends sometimes I'd write more especially to my friends that I lost when I was really young I wrote more to them but that really helped because essentially I was still talking to them it probably sounds really weird I'm talking to them but I was talking to them and sharing that and that really really helped to be able to actually voice the things that I couldn't physically say to them um, I'd also um, record voice notes to them as if I was talking to them. Again, I sound like a nutcase, but it worked really well because I was able to speak to them in that way. So for me, talking really, really worked and also sharing it with other people. I have found one of the most amazing things to help is to talk to people. 
that aren't you know mentors or therapists but you know your friends because actually they will have lost people they know someone who hasn't actually you don't feel so alone in it I think grief sometimes if you I don't want to say don't cope with it but if you allow it just to roll that it becomes quite isolating Mm -hmm. and there are so many people that have lost people in different ways and you kind of come together in that sense you know I found it really hard at uni when I lost my friend because my friend that I lost was from back home so everyone at uni doesn't know my friend everyone at uni is having a great time and I felt completely isolated and alone and I really didn't know what to do and I was speaking to one of my friends at uni and he essentially got me through it he was phenomenal he you know, would sit on my bed and watch Star Wars with me. And, you know, that meant the world to me at the time because I could get through it. You know, he sat on the bed as I was crying with my hair all wet in one of the hair towels. Talking to people, even if they don't understand, the right people will be in your life and they will support you. So that's definitely a tool. Writing to the people that aren't here, speaking to people who are not therapists and mentors just to have some kind of emotional support, but also speaking to those people that can kind of work out where your brain is going and what you're doing. There's a really beautiful book as well by, I can't remember her full name, but she's a yoga girl on Instagram, but she has a beautiful book about losing her best friend. And I cannot remember the title. I think it's to live and let go or to love and let go, but that's a really beautiful book. I think if you can find some nice books like that around grief that aren't heavy, which are really heavily sciencey, researchy, I, I do love those books. I think they're great. But when you're first going through it, sometimes you just need a little bit of hope and books like that are really beautiful so I do recommend those as well those are some of the tools that I've used mm-hmm. well we'll pop the name of the book in the show notes afterwards uh, we'll definitely find it but I completely agree with you you know just that connection and knowing that even when you might feel on your own and that nobody else around you gets it there are other people out there even if they're not in your direct network that that you can have these conversations with it's so healing to talk and um, it's such a healing I think talking is one of the best healers um as well as self-compassion yeah, so the two. <laughs> the two conversation and compassion um so what has been your biggest lesson that you've learned from all of your different types of grief and loss oh my goodness there can oh, be more than so one <laughs> yeah I'm just I'm like I've learned so much from it I think the biggest thing I've learned from the the loss and people actually dying is it's love like you are so so loved and that was a game changer for me what I realized that all these feelings were because I'd had so much love and I'd felt so much love like I said that was the game changer in my head and I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned is that it's essentially love and that's so powerful it's so healing that's what have been one of the greatest lessons and the other lesson has been that grief comes in different shapes and forms you know from the other grief with the abusive relationship and things I realized that grief is actually almost like a get out it it gets you out it's that kind of you can keep going you know you're so strong you're so powerful it's more of a tool it's almost like this really powerful tool that you never knew you had and essentially grief is showing you that you can do it you are human and you are strong and you can get through it and it's insane you know it's such a powerful thing and even my friend one of my friends used to joke that I was grief girl she was like you're like a superhero and it is it's a really incredible power if you choose to look at it like that you can take grief from such a horrible experience and that grief essentially is telling you hey you're out like you got out because 
you have it when there's a loss. If there's a loss, it's not there anymore, which means you are safe, mm. you know, in that situation. And I think sometimes people don't realize that essentially it's going, you did it. Like, this is actually a good thing. It may feel like you want to rip your skin off. It may feel like your heart's been broken on the floor. It may feel like you don't know who you are and you're falling apart, but essentially you're out of this now. And yes, you might be at this really horrible bottom, but I like to see it as Harry Potter with the kind of that Phoenix bird. You're essentially ashes at the moment. Ashes aren't great. We all know it, not fab, but you are going to be able to rebirth and it's going to be beautiful. And that's how I see that group. So I think the two biggest lessons for me are with when you've lost people and they've died, that's a heap amount of love. And when you've been through, whether it's abuse or assault or whatever it is, and you're feeling grief and loss for yourself or what could have been if it should have been healthy essentially that's going you are safe you are out and that's amazing so i that's the two biggest lessons i've learned from those i am loving your metaphors your they they really (laughs) i think they just paint such a picture because it can be so hard to put grief and loss into words but the, the way that you explain it it just it allows people to see it in their own way but still with the same message so love it um there's always people gonna be like i'm a bird i'm a phoenix (laughs) we're all phoenixes um if you could give so this is kind of a two-part question if you could give one piece of advice to a person who is currently experiencing grief and loss what would that be and the second part is if you could give advice to someone who is supporting or being there for someone experiencing grief and loss what would that be Okay, if you are going through it, feel all the feels. Do it right away. And I, you know, it's, I, as someone who has accumulated grief because I decided I didn't want to feel it, I honestly, the best thing is to feel it or else it does, it piles up and it piles up and it piles up and you don't know what's coming around the corner. If you're going through grief at the moment, allow yourself to grieve. It doesn't matter what type of grief it is feel the feels if you need to and I had this actually I was talking to a friend of mine about it on when I interviewed her we talk about when you're going through the grief and I said I literally was feeling so overwhelmed I can't remember who I'd lost at this point because there's been so many but I said she was like I'm gonna treat myself I'm gonna put on the face mask I'm gonna feel good like this is what I'm gonna do for me I put the face mask on but I cried all the way through it so you know the mud was rolling and it wasn't sticking because it was meant to be drying and I was like this is all but I just let myself feel it and by that point I you know taken it off and I was like but I did it I did it I got through the face mask it didn't work and I cried away through it but I did it and I think getting through each day if that's all you need to do do it you know feel it just get through it and allow yourself to do it if you need to cry at a bus stop cry at a bus stop if you need to call a friend call a friend if you need to sit there with a very 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 large glass of wine and watch Gilmore Girls on repeat do it absolutely I like I just feel like that's the best advice if you are grieving right now do not put this pressure on yourself to heal overnight do not listen to people when they tell you that you may or may not need antidepressants and you may need this and that listen to yourself choosing yourself and listening to yourself is always the right choice and you absolutely might need um, antidepressants and you know you might need some further support absolutely but if you're going through it right now feel all the feels because that's going to help you and you're going to know whether you need further support you're going to know if actually you're okay to do this by yourself but that's what i'd say to you just feel all the feels and get the support you need reach out to people and i'm talking about as well i feel like you shouldn't be scared to go and see someone and say, Hey, I'm not okay at the moment. 
whether that means antidepressants, whether that means you speak to a psychologist or mental, whatever it is, put yourself first, feel the feels and put yourself first because you are the most important. And I think that's what I'd recommend if you are currently grieving those two things. If you are someone who is supporting someone with grief, allow them to feel the feels. Let them you know, completely fall apart at the bus stop, go and get them the wine to watch Gilmore Girls, you know, just let them do what they need to do and essentially just listen. Sometimes when you grieve, you just need to cry and waffle and just let it out. And the best thing you can have is someone just listening to you or sometimes just being there. You know, some of my friends, they wouldn't know what to say, but it didn't matter because they were sat next to me and I didn't feel alone anymore. You know, my friend at uni at the time, he'd never lost anyone. I don't believe he'd lost anyone or not in that way. And it was just nice to have him sat next to me. It was just nice to have that person. And I remember when we got told about my friend in secondary school, and my tutor announced it to our tutor room. And there were only two of us in the tutor room that knew the friend that had passed away. But I remember my friend being next to me and he just grabbed me in a bear hug. So essentially in that moment that I was like, I don't know what to do. And the whole world felt like it had fallen apart. All I can remember now is white from his school shirt and the hug that I felt. And it was just him being there. It was just him being there. And I think it's really important that you don't have to have the right words. You don't have to say the right thing just being there is enough and you know if you can't be there as well because i know that grief is a really big emotion and it does last a long time if you can't be there for that person as well because you're finding it hard or something's going on that's okay too but just let that person know in a really loving way and just you know say i know you're going through this tough time i am here for you i can't show up today because i've got this going on but i will let you know when i'm able to or speak tomorrow because i think that's the hardest thing as well. Lots of people, when they're grieving, they feel very like they're a burden and they don't want to talk to you. But if they know that you are still there for them, it kind of makes that attachment more secure. And then they feel that it's okay to talk to you about it at certain times. Cause I've had it when friends have had no idea what to say and they've just kind of been like, can you get over it? Like, mm-hmm. I'm really sorry, but can you get over it? That's the worst. It's so painful. It's so hurtful. And the best thing you can do is really lovingly set boundaries for yourself because you know, you might be affected by the grief. You know, I know when people have lost friends, sometimes I find it so overwhelming and I'm there for them in that initial point, you know, and then they get to that point and then I need to take a little bit of a step back because I need to go, okay, I'm not actually grieving again. This is someone else's grief. I just feel for them. And that's been really beneficial. So if you are helping someone grieve, set those boundaries for yourself, but just be there for them. Like I said, you don't need to talk. You don't need to say anything if you don't know what to say. Just physically being a presence is really, really wonderful. And always bring wine. (laughs) (laughs) Always the wine, depending on the age. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, good point. If you're under the age of 18, no wine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Honestly, I've taken some nuggets away from that. Definitely some great metaphors. And I'm sure that people listening will have as well. Um, Just before we say goodbye, how can people find you, connect with you? I'm looking forward to hearing your new podcast when it comes out. Yes. So you can find me over on Instagram at Alexandra Emma Miller same for Facebook and my website and that's where I keep all my kind of mental health resources and programs and things like that and then the podcast is they never taught us this on Instagram and that's coming out super soon and that's with my best friend who's also my co-host 
and essentially that's an extension of the mental health mentoring we talk about all the things that we were never taught in school we've talked about home renos we've talked about periods we've talked about grief we've talked about you know emotional relationships and abuse we've talked about oh gosh i can't even think i think we talked about style we've talked about makeup like all the things we were never taught tax returns so i'm very excited for that to come out and you can find that that'll be on apple podcast and spotify and everywhere else but it's over on instagram at they never taught us this amazing i'm super looking forward to that especially the tax return one because i still don't understand anything about tax returns um so (laughs) mind blown um so thank you so much have you got any last words of wisdom for people that are listening oh last words of wisdom you're gonna get through this and it's gonna be the thing that makes you it really will you may feel so lost you may feel so depressed you may feel so helpless so worthless so down so broken i promise you this does not last forever this is a real temporary thing and yes i'm not gonna lie it comes back but it comes back in a very different way and it becomes a superpower feel it let it go feel into all the things but know that this isn't going to break you it's going to make you it's your friend not your foe and i really want people to realize that and also give yourself some credit give yourself some time you know you're you're a human you're one person you have one emotion you know it's like tinkerbell when they're so small the fairies only have one room for emotion at a time that's essentially grief your body can't cope with all different ones at the same time so allow yourself to feel it's gonna make you not break you thank you wow thank you so much it's been such a pleasure to talk with you and to meet you virtually as well um no it was honestly such a pleasure thank you for coming on and sharing your story you're welcome if you enjoyed listening to today's episode please don't forget to like share and subscribe I invite you to also come and be a part of the community by connecting with us on Instagram at Grow With Grief. Before we go, I want to take the time to thank you. Thank you for tuning in and being part of a community that opens conversation, raises awareness and brings individual perspectives and stories to the forefront of a topic that is often avoided and treated as uncomfortable. The conversations that we have may sometimes bring your own emotions, memories and triggers to the surface and I want to encourage you to know that you are not alone. If you or anyone you care for is in need of support, please reach out to your local support line or if you are in Australia, you can contact Griefline by phone on 1300 845 745 who are available from midday to 3am every day.